The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everybody. This is Get Real Radio, and I am your host, James Robinson, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Our guest is Marion Baker, who is a a transpersonal therapist, and we'll talk about what exactly that is in a minute, but she's she's called the love therapist, and, and what she does primarily is help people understand how to have fulfilling relationships and how to heal relationships that are failing and also to help people understand what they're doing wrong that causes repeated relationship failure, the dreaded RRF. And so, Marion, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And I wanted to uh, tell everybody that you have a website. Um, It's uh, www.thelimegreenplasticcoveredcouch.com. And... and, uh, also, you've written a book called The Lime Green Couch, Insight for Women Who Struggle to Find Lasting Love. And uh, the first question I have to ask before we get into your background and everything else is, where do, does the phrase, the lime green plastic covered couch come from? Um, to tell you, I have to kind of give away the first couple of chapters of the book, so you have to stay with me to the end of chapter two. But... Um, the first chapter of my book is my amazing Cinderella fantasy romance that I had when I met my husband. Because um, I had been in my 40s and struggling and single and not wanting to be single and had been, you know, the master at the two-year relationship and was really um, having a hard time finding, you know, how do I find lasting love? And so I went through my own process with it and then finally found my husband. And um, what happened was he was an old flame of mine that we had dated 20 years ago. And um, he said, you know, I would have married you at the time. And But I, I, I was in my young, 20s. I was young. I wasn't serious. You know, I didn't... I, I didn't know that he was that serious, and so um, I just, I didn't consider it, you know, and so when we met this time, we met again on Facebook, and the next thing I knew, sparks flew, and we had this amazing, totally romantic courtship, and when we got married, he whisked me away to, you know, the west coast of of Canada, and we got married on the beach there, and our whole, um, 
when we got back to our room, it was covered in like tea lights and uh, rose petals and bubble bath and champagne. Like it was just absolutely every girl's fantasy uh, about how my courtship went. You know, every girl wishes that they could have a guy that would pine for them, that would want them for 20 years and then come back and marry them. And, um, but then chapter two is my everyday reality of living with this man. And, you know, the first time I walked into his apartment, I had to shuffle down sideways because his hallway was filled with Rubbermaid tubs full of his stuff that he couldn't throw away. And walking into his apartment, it was like sports paraphernalia city. And, um, you know, the next thing I know, he hears that Chico has, down the hallway has got bed bugs. And so I come over one day and the whole place is covered in, all the furniture is covered in lime green plastic. So, you know, <laughs> my, you know, my husband is a lovely, uh, romantic man that adores me. And he's, you know, quirky. He has this um, very practical side that has no sense of aesthetic. And so this lime green couch became this symbol of me actually having to learn to use my newfound skills in, in, in my relationship. I had to step up to the plate and ask him for what I needed and say, you know, I can't live like this. Um, how can we work together to find a solution? And do you want that? I really want that with you. Do you want that with me? And, and if so, let's find a solution together. And so it became a beautiful symbol. Well, that's a, that is a beautiful story. Yeah. Let me Let me ask you, from the time you went to school, did you know you were going to be a psychologist or a therapist? Heck no, actually. Um, the three-year program I took, um, at the end of it, you could actually become a therapist or you could just go in and do, because they have a big personal development piece because they use your life as a curriculum. So as you're learning to counsel, you are also counseled and you have to like get your own life in order as part of the curriculum. And so... I went in going, okay, well, I'm single, I'm unhappy, I need some help, and I don't know what to do. And so I started taking the course based on that, just not knowing, um, you know, how to, how to get some any kind of other help. And then I just grasped on to what they were teaching and went, oh, my God, this is what I'm passionate about. I wish I'd seen this 20 years ago. And, uh, yeah, it just became what I, the changes that it made in me, I want everybody to have. So that's where, how it became my passion. So what changes have you experienced? <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, like everything in my life. Like my, my relationship with my mom was always strained, for example. And, so, and I had taken like eight years of other kinds of personal development courses hoping to create a better relationship with my mom and my family because my family was never really close and and uh, nothing was really working until I until I found this you know transpersonal thing and now I have you know amazing feelings of love and connection with my mother that I never knew existed before I'm now married when I was struggling and single. I'm now, you know, this is now becoming my passion. I've written this book that is like my, I don't want to say my baby, but like my, the juice of my life in these pages. And, and now I'm sharing it with other women. So that's, everything has transformed for me. Wow, that's quite a story. Yeah. How, how did you develop your field of expertise? Um, well, as I was saying, the, the course that I took, it was a three-year course, um, 
uh, to learn how to counsel, but through, through that three years, I had to practice in my life. Not only did I have to practice in my life, but to become a counselor, you have to have 350 hours of practicum experience. So, like, you have to counsel to, uh-huh. and, and get your own life in order. So both of those things combined um, just helped immensely. Because, as, I mean, as you're helping other people, you're also helping yourself. Well, I, I see that you call your your methodology or your system transpersonal psychology. What exactly mm-hmm. is that? Yeah, that's a good question. It's my favorite question, actually, because this this to me is what makes all the difference. So, I mean, you can go to a traditional traditional counselor, and they'll help you deal with behaviors and help you to get you know get your life on track and get happier. Um, but where the transpersonal, I mean, transpersonal literally translated means beyond the personal. So what that means is that I believe that there is something bigger at play than just you and me and our personalities. Like there's something in my world, the universe is a friendly place, and I believe that there's something that has my back. And the more that I can learn to tap into that and let that, you know, lead, that it, it, to me it's a sense of love. It's like the Jungian collective consciousness that to, in my experience is a sense of love and that as the, the more that I let that lead my life and lead what it is that I'm doing um, you know the, the happier I become and the more I touch other people so that's that's what how I would describe the transpersonal model so explain to me how spirituality changes what would be a traditional psychological model yeah um I'll tell you in terms of my personal experience so people can relate it to themselves. Um, what I find is that, um, so say, say I'm basing a situation on my you know, typical ego consciousness. Um, I'm going to be basing my interactions on what I think you know, and, or what my, what my experience is. And um, if, if I'm just basing that on my personality and on my ego, it's like my expertise and my or in that moment is so limited to just what i know whereas if i can actually surrender to and get in touch with a sense of love and of curiosity and of uh, forgiveness and of empathy then spirit enters and that guides my words it guides my actions it guides my life and so um it I, in, in those moments, I know I'm not alone. Like, I know there's something bigger at play and that it's helping me out here. It's got my back. So it's not just about me having to try to figure it out, figure everything out. It's like, I've got something bigger that's behind me, helping me. Do you ever counsel men? Um, you know, I don't. And that's the, the feedback that I'm getting with my book is that so many people are saying, well, this could really help men too, which I was a bit surprised because you know, I'm not in a man's body, so I don't know the way you guys think. But um, you know, if, if any man wants to contact me through my website, I'm, you know, I'm more than happy to um, help them out as much as I can or send them, send them to somewhere where they could get some good help. Or, and, and it's not that I necessarily wouldn't, but I mostly work with women who struggle with love. Well, I know personally that, um, and a lot of men that I talk to have what sounds to be pretty similar issues in not being able to find an, an appropriate companion, and, and when they do, they screw it up, and 
you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff that you talk about on your website and in your book, it, it, um, you know, we, we struggle with the same issues. And, yeah. You know, quite frankly, I'm not sure we know what we think about either. So it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, not being able to know what's going on between a man's ears is, uh, is I don't think, uh, relevant to anything. But it's, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, now I know that you um, are utilize uh, the, a course in miracles, mm-hmm. and and for the people who don't know what that book is, it's it's actually a very groundbreaking work on how. Our thoughts basically create our world and, and what we can do to make, as you say, the world a safer place. And I, mm-hmm. I won't give away any more than that. I'd, I'd like you to explain how you take the principles in A court, Course in Miracles and apply it to your work on relationships. Yeah. I mean, if there's one word that I could use to describe what A Course in Miracles um, wants you to do is forgive. And like, you, you know the old saying where if you're angry at somebody or if you hold a grudge against somebody, it's like um, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And so the premise of A Course in Miracles is as you find forgiveness for another in that you are actually healed. And, um, and then through that, you can give more love. And um, oh, there was, what was I trying to, there was a thought I was trying to get around there. Um, yeah, so what, and it doesn't mean forgiveness like, okay, you have wronged me and I'm going to be a bigger person than you and forgive you. It's more like, how can I get into your world to such a degree that, you know, I'm t- completely curious about your experience instead of gen- judgmental about your experience and, and so that I, I can understand the eyes with which you see the world and then I can see your lack of, um, guilt for, for lack of a better term. Like, I, I can see who you are in a different way rather than a guilty person that I need to forgive. Well, did how would make, you advise... I'm sorry. Did that make sense? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, I was going to take it one step further and ask you, ah. how, do you te- how do you advise people to forgive themselves? Well, you know what? I found that as I learned forgiveness for others, forgiveness for myself was just part of it. Like I, I don't think the two things are separate because I, you know, ultimately we're all connected, so the the two things aren't separate. Okay, what is the, you know, is there like a, a process that people have to go through to forgive others? I know that people who have been traumatized by others, it's very difficult to really forgive the person that traumatized you. Yeah, and I mean, those those are absolutely the, you know, when people have been abused or, you know, they're tough moments and tough things. And I mean, it's a matter of, you know, really solid baby steps. And, and uh, I would recommend to anybody that really wants to take this path to get some help because there's no, you know, there's no, you know, snap magic answer. There, There's many, right. many things and many paths to it. And, and it just depends on what work really works for that person. Well, you've written a book called The Lime Green Couch, Insight for Women Who Struggle to Find Lasting Love, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I know you can buy on Amazon, and, and um, there are also links on your website. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I'm, um, I'll let you blow your own horn and 
and, and talk about why this book is different than the eight million other self-help books that are on relationships out there. Yeah, there, you know, there's two ways that I wanted to make it different, and one was through storytelling, because that's how we learn. Like we learn. That's, and that's how things get passed on through the generations is by storytelling because it, it's an easy way for the human brain to grasp, um, you know, new ways of thinking. <clears throat> and the other thing that I wanted to address is both the human and the transpersonal aspects in the book. So, you know, I still address the humanity of who we are because it's important. You know, we're still human beings having this experience. So um, I really wanted to tell, you know, help women with you know, how do I find a long-term guy? How do I even know what that looks like if I haven't had any experience with that? Or, you know, what? Uh, how do I, you know, get out of this fantasy that I have about this guy? How do I get help there? And then I also address how to help yourself in a way that, um, in the transpersonal. So, you know, what, what are the things that I could do, such as, you know, meditation or finding a spiritual practice or those kinds of things, or, you know, doing some insightful research, like learning more about myself so that I can, uh, you know, learn to love more about myself so that um, I, can, I can learn to love differently that way as well. So there's, there's sort of two aspects to it. Okay, well, I want to reserve that question on, Mm-hmm. Loving yourself because I, I think mm-hmm. that's a really key question that mm-hmm. that everybody wants the answer to and and it's you know not that easy or at yeah. least that's my experience and yeah. but so what I wanted to, uh, to ask you before we take a break um, how much um, you know how you know when if is that all they you need is to read your book or do people need more than that because I, I see a lot of people lugging or a lot of books around and their mm. relationships haven't improved at all exactly yeah I mean for me it's a lifelong goal you know I, I just because I'm now married or I have a better relationship with my mother doesn't mean I'm fully baked you know I still have I still struggle sometimes and my marriage isn't always perfect and I have to go back and apologize and so it's like I'm, I'm not done there like I think it's a lifelong journey rather than um than a, an end goal right mm-hmm. how did let me ask you a personal question how did you know your husband was the one <laughs> um I because the lime, I the lime green plastic covers <laughs> Despite the lime green plastic covered coach, <laughs> um, it was more like I became the person that could finally receive him. Like here was here was a man standing in front of me who loved me, wanted to marry me, and was kind and giving and generous, and I finally became the person that could say yes to that. That's a. Uh... Beautiful result. I, mm-hmm. You know, I, my, in my life, I, and I want to get into this uh, when we take a break. That after we take a break, rather, is is that when you it seemed to be attracting the same relationship over and over mm-hmm. and over again. <laughs> yeah. How do you break that cycle? 
That's, I have a, a much longer answer than I can probably answer before we go to the break. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's do that. Let's go okay. to break, and then we can tackle this big issue yeah, of how perfect. to change your relationships. Perfect. Okay, this is Get Real Radio, and I'm James Robinson, and our guest today is Marion Baker, the love therapist, and we'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ooh, Janet are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And we're talking with uh, Marion Baker, who is a love therapist, and she concentrates her practice on helping women find the relationship they want, improve the relationship they have, or make decisions about whether that or not to keep a relationship. And I, all of those are very, very difficult projects and topics, but the one thing we were talking about either right before the break or during the break is you mentioned the fact that one of the problems women in particular have is they they are they just don't ask for what they want mm-hmm. and how, how, how do you change that yeah that's a good question I, yeah I was sharing that I just read a book called women don't ask and it's a common thing for women that they um, you know I was saying that you can go. Women will go into a job interview, and where they'll be made an offer for a salary, for example, and they'll say, "Okay." Whereas a man would say, "Well, no, I don't want that much. I want this much." And so, you know, it's one of the reasons that we're paid less. It's one of the reasons that we struggle in relationship. And um, 
Like there, and it's it's something that you can't change overnight. It's something that you have to kind of continue to struggle with a bit. I mean, the first thing you've got to do is actually do some self-exploration because how can you know what to ask for when you don't know what you want? So, so you have to really delve into who you are and then through that, you will, what you want will, will sort of bubble to the surface and then it becomes clear and you can start asking for more of that in a relationship. Well, I think that would certainly apply to, to a lot of people who are afraid to ask for what they want out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. They, um, okay, let's, let's tackle the big, product, the big yeah. question, and that is people who, keep seem, who seem to keep attracting the same kind of person into their life over and over and over again. They fall madly in love with them, and six months later they go, oh, no. Mm-hmm. This guy is exactly like that guy that I mm-hmm. broke up with a year ago. How did I do this again? Mm-hmm. And so what kind of advice do you give women who come in and they, they say, look, something's broken because you know, all these guys look different to start with, but they all turn into the same guy? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, part, that's the thing is, in, in our society, and in our culture, we're, we're all trained to look outside ourselves. So, you know, he's the one, oh, no, he's not. He's the one, oh, no, he's not. He's the one, oh, no, he's not. And we keep thinking that it's them. When, I mean, the big light bulb went on for me when after, you know, two, I was great at two-year relationships. And so two-year relationship after two-year relationship after two-year relationship, you know, if you strung, strung them all together, I was in a 20-year relationship. But one day I realized that the common denominator in all that was me. And I was the one that struggled to have a long-term relationship. But the good news in that is that there is actually power. Because if it's about them, there's nothing you can do. If somebody's going to do what they're going to do, there's nothing you can do about that. But if there's something about yourself that you need to discover and then make some choices about, there's power in that. You can do something about that. So um, if you're struggling over and over with this same person and same guy, here's, now, and here's where the transpersonal piece comes in, there's something in you that's calling for healing. So what you have to look at in those moments is the experience that you're having. So how am I feeling right now? Because that feeling is going to, has been coming up since you were small, and it's going to continue to come up and continue to come up and continue to come up until you heal it and establish a new relationship to it. So that's where the crux lies, not in picking a new guy and that'll be the secret. It's more like, okay, so every time this happens, this feeling comes up, that's where I get stopped in a relationship. How do I create a new relationship to this feeling and how can I let spirit enter to support me here? Beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different paradigm. Do you find that when the women who come for therapy actually engage in this inner reflection, this inner journey, do they find that the, that the person they're attracted to goes away or that person actually changes and becomes the person that the woman's looking for in the first place? Well, it can, it can go two ways because as a woman um, will, or a man for that, you know, because that's the common denominator with everybody is, is this experience underneath what we think is them being the problem. It's this experience that is calling for healing. That's the common denominator for both men and women. And, um, yeah, you can, 
you can as you learn to guide a new path for yourself, the person that you are attracted to will naturally change. But it's not to say that you can't change the relationship you're in either because as you explore more of yourself and as you can ask for more of your needs to be met, the, the other person can actually step up to the plate then because like I, I know I can think of examples for myself with guys when they'd be looking at me going, I don't understand what you want right now. And I couldn't tell them because I didn't understand what I wanted. I was just upset and that's all I knew. You know, so now if I could have gone back I could have said, well, oh, I don't, you know, I'm feeling bloody blah and I really want to have, you know, X, Y, Z happen. And they, then a guy can go, oh, well, I can do that. Because most right. guys just want to keep you happy. You know, they, they want to know what to do so that you can be happy. And so sometimes you can transform a relationship like that or sometimes through the process of going, hey, I, you know, this isn't what I need. I really need this. And you can gauge by a guy's response as to whether he can actually meet you there or not. So why do women attract the bad boys that are the ones, <laughs> or the ones that, you know, are so totally mm-hmm. wrong and they fall so madly in love with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there. Um, and, I mean, sometimes they can come in some really nice, unassuming packages. You know, like, um, unavailable people can come in some very sweet packages. They don't necessarily have to be bad boy packages. But, yeah, the bad boy certainly has this intrigue for sure. And, um, again, it stems back to what was our relationship with our parents like? If, Like, say, for example, we had been daddy's girl up to a certain point, and then suddenly something happens, and daddy becomes emotionally unavailable or physically unavailable. There, that's going to lock an experience into our uh, into our psyche and into our um, feeling emotional field where um, something happened and suddenly we have this feeling. And again, if we're if you know dad becomes unavailable, we're going to carry that into our relationship. So suddenly you're going to meet X guy and he's going to be emotionally unavailable, and that's going to feel like love because that feeling gets rooted as what feels like love. So, again, we continue to feel this feeling and continue to attract the people that are going to, you know, have this feeling get bigger and bigger and bigger until we actually want to change the feeling. And that's, and, you know, A Course in Miracles says there's never an absence of love. And even though it feels painful and it continues to get more and more and more painful, the loving, the loving premise is that this is calling for healing and it can heal. And so it can do something different, but it's not going to heal until you actually pay attention. And it's getting bigger because you're not paying attention. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you say that, um, you know, our, the way we do relationships is shaped by our family and, and the mm-hmm. culture we grow up in. And yeah. So why, how important is that? Uh, or important to know that? How important is it to know that? Yeah. Yeah, I, extremely. I could, again, it all stems back to getting to know who you are and getting to know why you are the way you are. Like, I, I can now go back into my family and hear them say certain things that before would have felt to me like subconscious rules that, 
you know, I just followed blindly because that was the way my family does what my family does. And that's the way that I learned to operate in the world with, you know, whoever I'm in, in, in relationship with is just how, you know, through these subconscious rules that go through my family. But now that I've gotten some differentiation from it, I can, I can go, oh, okay, that's why I think that I have to get up at eight, by 8 o'clock every morning. Like, in fact, in my family, 8 o'clock is a sleep-in. So, and, you know, my husband likes to sleep until 9 if he's on holiday. So, like, in my family, there's a whole bunch of Twitter about, oh, my God, he's sleeping until 9 and da 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 But, I, you know, I never even realized why I get up, make sure I get up before 8 every morning until I went back and, and my family was having this big Twitter about my husband sleeping until 9. It's like, oh, that's why that's such a rule for me is because that's where it comes from. And there's so many things like that around love and relationships and how we relate to each other. And you talk, oh, yes, you can talk about that. Oh, no, don't talk about that. You know, those are the big ones. Oh, you don't talk about that. And so you are programmed that way unconsciously without knowing it. So how does transpersonal therapy address these patterns or um, beliefs that, obviously control our lives yeah again it's always you know baby steps baby steps baby steps baby steps um, working with a therapist what the therapist will do is actually just ask questions like in fact when I'm working with somebody I don't give much advice what I do is I'll continue to ask questions that will highlight for the person you know something that they've just said sometimes all it takes is repeating back what you've just said you know somebody will say oh well Oh yeah, and my my mother said da 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 da, but it but it's in a way that um, you can tell that it didn't really you know sink in. What they said didn't sink in. So you just say, oh, your mom said da da da, and they say yeah, and I said oh well, how did you feel about that? So you get more in touch with the feelings of how that felt, how that how did that feel, how did that feel, how did that feel. And then you can then you get more in touch with what you've repressed because usually if your mom says something it's gold and you don't question it unless you're the rebel of the family, and um, so you just repress all this stuff and just and it and so the more that you get into the feeling of it and see how do I oh yeah how do I feel about that it just gives the person more insight. So how much validity is there to this theory that women either marry? their fathers or their polar opposites? Um, again, I say it all goes back to the feeling of what feelings does this person bring up in you because it's always going to, you're always going to deal with a guy who, whose problems you think that you can deal with. So if he's got, say, you know, you come from a family that's always been steadily employed and always, um, you know, been, you know, fairly solid in that way or lived, like I lived in the same house my entire life that I grew up in. So I have, um, even though my family was fairly aloof with each other, I have sort of some sense of stability in how I live my life. Like I'm never without a job and I'm always with a place to live. And if I met a guy that you know, was always unemployed and was always getting kicked out of my, his house and stuff like that, I wouldn't feel attracted to that guy naturally because um, I'm not used, that's way too far out of my comfort zone for me to be um, attracted to that. And same with a guy who is like probably very wealthy, lives in a penthouse, drives a Lexus, wears Gucci shoes. I wouldn't be attracted to that either because if that's too far, like I come from a, you know, a lower middle class family, that's too far outside of my comfort zone too. So I'm going to pick a problem 
any problems that come up, I'm going to pick them that are within my comfort zone. So that's the first thing. And then again, it always comes back to what feelings does this person bring up for me? What feelings does this bring up for me? And you're always going to go back to the familiar. It's always the familiar feeling. Okay. Let me ask this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I read about is is how important trust is in a relationship, mm-hmm. and and particularly how much someone trusts themselves or love themselves. And you mentioned this earlier in the show how important it is. Um, you know, the fact that you cultivate a loving relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so how, does, how do you teach people how to do that? Because my experience is that there are a lot of people walking around out there that never learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. And that was always my big question is because I always heard all these new age gurus saying, learn to love yourself, learn to love yourself. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but how do I do that? You know, what do I do differently? I don't, I don't know. And again, I always go back to the journey of learning more about yourself. And what really helped me was getting feedback from people. Because I, like in my um, counseling program, as we were learning to, to, to how to do therapy, we also were our own little group of feedback. So any time that I would reveal something about myself that I thought people would go, oh my God, you did that? Oh, we can't be your friend people would actually reach out with empathy. And yeah. so I got to see something different. Like, okay, so I think people are going to judge me here when actually they're not. And not only that, but what I've just shared vulnerably feel draws them closer. So I got more and more of an experience of um, sharing who I really was, what I really thought, what was really going on for me in a vulnerable way, letting my guard down completely, like, you know, usually a lot of the time was like snot-filled tears, like just, you know, in a puddle on the floor. And people would just respond to me with empathy. And that's a counselor's role. Like you get to start sharing, you know, delving more into who you are and then sharing that with another human being. And then your experience isn't, oh, my God, yeah, you're, you do really suck. Your experience is, okay, thank you for sharing that. I, I really can, I, I, I re- not only can I empathize, I relate to that. Because that's happened for me, like a lot of it's happened for me too. So if, if somebody comes from, say, a dysfunctional family, mm-hmm. and all they know is dysfunction, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, uh, they've never seen a functional, functional relationship, mm-hmm. aren't they doomed to keep repeating these things over and over and over again? Because basically they're going to be attracting dysfunctional people enter their lives or go look for them because that's what they think is normal. Yeah, and I mean, the more, the more and more and more and more people I meet, I have yet to meet a fully functional family. You know, it's all, it's all a matter of varying degrees and um, all, every family has their quirks and their foibles and like, just like every, you know, every trait that we have has its upside and its downside. So everything is sort of this double-edged sword. So, Yes, there are going to be people that have more dysfunction than others, and and the you know they do have um, a, a tough struggle. But it's not. I've seen it happen. You know, it's not impossible for people to 
like in my in the program that I'm in, I've seen people overcome drug addiction, overcome alcohol addiction, overcome, you know, and find a, a life that they enjoy and and a life of giving. You know, most of the I've been amazed by some of the people that I've met that through giving have found their own salvation. Boy, there's hope. We're going to take a quick break here, and uh, then we'll come back and talk more about um, how Marion Baker helps her clients get that love relationship that they've always been looking for. This is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we will be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you are listening to get real radio with james robinson we'd love to hear from you please call in to 1-866-472-5788 That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking with Marion Baker, the love therapist. And one thing I was kind of curious about, Marion, is do you train others to do this kind of work? No, I don't, actually. I, I was trained through a company called ClearMind International, and they, do, uh, they train people like me. So, yeah, if, okay. if people want more training to, to look up ClearMind, they can find out if they want the training themselves. Well, can you tell us more about ClearMind? Yeah, um, they're in Vancouver, BC. I mean, they're they're an international company, but based in Vancouver, BC, and they do um, different personal development weekends and workshops. But and it's all spiritually based, all based on a course in miracles. And their three-year program is um, not only for counseling is not only registered, but they've just become accredited 
as well. So you can, I'm not sure how the structure is going to go, but you can start getting university credits through them as well. So isn't that exciting? Like a spiritually based program getting university credits. So yeah, very yeah, happy about is. that. Yeah. Okay, now you you talk about the importance of asking tough questions. Mm-hmm. What kind of tough questions are you referring to? <laughs> well, even like even the tiniest little things. Like again, I go back to you know women don't ask. They go in like what my problem was is I was so caught up in this Cinderella fantasy of who a man should be, and what he should do, and what he should look like, and where he should be going, and what he should be saying that. I just I made my own assumptions about who he was rather than actually asking him who he was. And so, um, you know, some of the big basic ones are, you know, are you interested in marriage? Like if, if I'm looking to get married, then I need to know, is this person interested in getting married eventually? If I want children, is this person interested in, get, in, in um, having children? And, you know, those are sort of the, some of the big basic ones, but the more that we um, learn about ourselves and the more that we delve into who we are, which is why it's so important, is we learn about the things that are really, really valuable to us. Like what in our lives is really important? Like is it important that, um, you know, if, if you say for can't live in the sun for some reason um, because you've got some skin condition, can can your guy live with you in the Arctic? You know, it's I mean, it's a, sort of a weird question, but it's something important to know if you're going to continue a relationship. But even you get into the finer points. It's like, what's what are my values? What's important to me? And are this are the same things important to this guy? And again, you know, if women aren't asking those questions, they just make it up. They don't realize that they make it up in their heads and they just think, okay, well, we're on the same page until she just continues to find herself disappointed over and over and over and over again. And that's where she needs a reality check. Like she needs to really, you know, that's what I ask a lot, a lot of women, well, did he say that? Well, no. So what makes you assume that he wants that? Oh, I don't know. So it, it's important to, to keep doing those reality checks. Sure. Well, you have to. Well, that's where that trust comes in, in it, because you start asking questions like that, and somebody isn't uh, ready for them. They are going to, you know, or may run away. Right. And and it's interesting because the more before I got married, I was internet dating, and the more I started doing that, the more guys would run away. And, and I mean, most people think, oh, that's a bad thing, but actually it's what I wanted because I didn't want somebody that didn't match me anymore. Like before when I was just like generic, okay, how do I, you know, what are, I don't know what my values are. I don't know how to love myself. I don't know any of that stuff that anybody would do. And then I just kept getting disappointed over and over and over again. But the more I got in touch with who I was, what I wanted, then I could say to a guy, you know, here's who I am and here's what I want. And they could say to me either, oh, well, that's not what I want. And it's like, oh, okay, well, thanks for telling me. I appreciate that, but we're not a match. So um, so it, it gave me the space to go on to find a guy that was, you know, because otherwise I would just spend, you know, years with guys that aren't matching me and wasting my time, not necessarily wasting my time and their time, but, you know, knowing that that's not going to end up in a long-term relationship, which is what I wanted. Okay, so tell us about the love love. Um, love a meter. <laughs> love a meter. Love the good old love a meter. Yeah, it's a, it's a measurement that I use in my book to give women another type of reality check. So, say you you 
personally have this meter that goes to 100. And um, the degree that you've learned to fill this meter with love is the degree that you will match people in your life. So say, for example, your parents grew up and their love meter was filled up to, say, 50. What you will have learned growing up is to fill your love, your love meter up to 50. That means you've still got 50%, uh, you know, you've got, you know, 50 more points that you can fill up this love meter. And um, what you're going to find is the men that you're naturally attracted to are the men that, whose love meters are, are filled up to 50 as well. So if you're wondering, why am I attracted to this guy? Why am I attracted to this guy? Why am I attracted to this guy? It's because your love meters match. And the more that you fill up your love meter, the more you're going to find somebody that matches you. Okay, well, that uh, it obviously makes the question clear. Next, yeah. Well, like, you know, everybody also, says, why do I keep going out with these guys, these guys, these guys? It's because your love meter matches. Fill up your love meter if you want something different. That's the question. How do you do that? Yeah, it goes back again to, you know, self-exploration, getting some help. Um, you know, like I said, I, I got a lot of help through counseling and through doing group therapy and getting feedback from people. And, it's, you know, it's an ongoing process. So how do you know when, or how do you know when your love-o-meter is increasing? Um, I would say, let me see, how did I know my love meter was increasing? I had a, a sense, more of a sense in my everyday life um, of loving. Like when, I, when the day came that I felt completely open, unadulterated love for my mother, I knew I changed something. Like this is a woman that I, before I was like always resentful of and, and never really sure of and, and didn't really have a great sense of love for her. But then one day I looked at her and I was like, oh, I love you. I love you just as you are. You don't need to change anything. Um, my heart is now open to you. So that was a big indicator for me. And then that, you know, that helped me in my relationships with men and with my friends and, and with my family and with everybody. When I when I well, knew what? I didn't when I knew I didn't have to change somebody else to be happy. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: How long would be a, I would say, at least a healthy period where you have to ask yourself the hard question: Am I happy with this person right now, or am I hoping that they will change and be the person I'm looking for? Yeah, that is, how long do you ask yourself that question? No, how, how long is a healthy period before you ask, you know, there's always, you meet somebody new, there's, you know, there's that period of time where you start getting to know each other, and I'm sure that most people have some subconscious things going on, and they are attracted to something in that person, and mm-hmm. that person is attracted to something in you. But my question is, is that, is there a time that people need to ask themselves this question, and that is, this person is not who I want, and we need to respect that? Yeah, you know, that that's a common question, and it's a thing that um, everybody wants, is that they want to know how long, and what's the, what is the result going to be, and, um, you know... 
Is, is, there, is there an answer for that? And my answer is it depends. It depends on the person. Like in, in my book, I have a bunch of questions that a woman, a woman can ask herself, actually. And, and um, like, when you, like, you know how women have the list? like, okay, he's got to drink red wine and he's got to do this on Saturday nights and he's got to, um, you know, have, have, live in the penthouse. I have a different list for women and I, I, I think the list is ongoing. Like it's, an, it's an, something you should be asking yourself, you know, all the time. And the list is more like, how do I feel when I'm with this person? Do I feel attracted? Do I feel like moving toward them? Do I feel like moving away? Do I feel like seeing them again? Do I feel like um, when I share something vulnerably with this person, do I feel um, like I'm met with respect there? How do, do I like the way I feel with his response? Um, and, you know, the more that you ask yourself those kind of questions, an important one is, you know, do I feel like this person has my best interests at heart? And so the, the more that you ask yourself those questions, the sooner the answer will be revealed. Like it can go from it might take two years now, but you can go there. You can it can become in a day. Like if you start at, start getting closer and closer to who you are and what's important to you and how you feel, your heart will tell you. Are you working on any pro- new projects or uh, have I, any events coming up? I am. I am actually doing an e-course for women so that. Uh, they can start to learn to ask these questions for themselves. And one of the things that I always encourage people to do, especially because we're in a society that always wants a quick fix, and this is not a quick fix. There, you can make incremental changes that will continue to change your life in, you know, in step by step by step every day, but you're not going to learn it all in a day. And so um, I'm developing an e-course for women that's a year long, and it keeps them in the process of you know, discovering who they are in relationship more and more and more every day and gets, to, gets them to keep answering the deeper questions and the deeper questions about themselves and who they are in relationship. And so um, if people sign up on my website, it's www.thelimegreenplasticcoveredcouch.com. They'll get some free resources there. They'll see some videos. They'll read my blogs. And I would encourage anybody, if you've got questions or if you are struggling a bit, please get in touch with me. I'd you know, be more than happy to help. And um, so any time that I've got some, um, any new products coming out, I'll definitely let people know. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one last question for you. Okay. I have to... Uh, come to a close in a second here, but I, I wanted to ask you, do you, is there like a common reason relationships fail? Uh, is there one thing that you wish people knew that would m- make their relationships work better? Yeah. I, again, it always goes back to, are you pointing the finger at them or are you looking at how to do something better for yourself? So I tell women, look at a relationship like a child and the amount of time that you've been dating this person is the age of the child. So how much um, are you asking from that child? Like if, you, if you've only been dating somebody for a month, you know, you're asking a one-month-old baby to support you in ways that um, is impossible. So it really, it's up to you to, you know, for lack of a better word, pull up your big girl panties, start really exploring who you are, taking, learning to take care of yourself, and then nurturing the child, looking at this child as if it's the one that needs nurturing rather than as, hoping that it's going to give you something. Uh, is there anything people can do you know, with themselves or 
for themselves while they're frantically looking how to contact you on your website? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, t- I, I'll give this little tidbit to the ladies out there. And actually, it works for men as well. Think of the last time that you were pining for a person. If it's now, like if you're in a relationship now and you've got something going on and you're pining, ask yourself these two questions. The first question is, what is the dream that I have of this relationship? Like, what am I holding out for that I hope will change? You know, what are the things that they're saying that has me dreaming about something, you know, about the way it's going to go? And write that out. Like, take pages and pages and write out the dream that you have or had for this person and this relationship. And then take another page and write out what is the reality? What is actually happening? What are the actions that you're seeing in this person more than their words? Get related to something that um, get get related to the reality rather than the dream. <clears throat> That'll help you. Well, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and also what you just said about you know looking at your relationship as a barometer for what you can expect out of it is uh, was really I think very wise as well. Mm-hmm. So, all you. right. Okay, we've got thirty seconds. What would you like to tell your audience? What would I like to tell my audience? Um, Go find your spiritual path. Go find a way to do some self-exploration if you're struggling and you don't know why. Um, Reading books and trying to help yourself is only so limited. You need somebody with an outside perspective. So try and get some help. If you email me through my website, I'll help you the best I can. Well, that's great advice. And Marion, thank you so much. This has been a great show. And I hope everyone will take advantage of all the really great uh, advice and and insights you've given us today. So this is Get Real. Oh, you're welcome. And I I hope we can have you on the show again. I'd love to. Okay. Well, this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. We've been talking to the love therapist, Marion Baker. And that's our show for tonight. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.